0: Ciao Chow, everybody, and welcome to another riveting episode of Jallo Chow Chow, the all Jallo show, where we talk about Jallo stuff. I am Creep, and with me is Eric and Chris, and Chris is sending me sex messages. Oh wait, no, it said sec, not sex.
1: My bad. That's actually what the kids these days use when they uh, when they're talking about sex online now. They say sec. It's just quicker to say sec. Wow. Sec. They abbreviate everything now. Are Are you back, Chris?
0: Uh, can you hear me? Yeah. We can. All right. I'm trying
2: to get my headset working. Hang on.
0: All right. Well, we'll continue. So, Eric, um, how is it that you know how kids have sex on the internet? Well, oh, we were
1: all fifteen once, <laughs> and in the heyday of Yahoo chat rooms, oh um, shit, I learned all the lingo, A.S.L. Age, um,
0: sex, location,
1: right, and uh, you know, getting. Getting 50-year-old men to... Fly. Can you guys hear that? Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay, cool. So, yeah. How are you guys doing tonight?
0: Good. ASL. I totally missed the whole
1: internet dating. it wasn't dating. It was just like a, a hookup. It was like Tinder without pictures.
0: But see, even that I missed out on. Tinder's new, though, huh? Yeah.
1: Oh, yeah. I spent the weekend with a friend trying to get him to sign up for Tinder, and after about three hours of trying to, he, he didn't like the pictures I was taking of him, I, I couldn't get it quite right, the, the right angle. Uh, we just He's probably pretty long. No. Nope.
2: Is Tinder just like the hookup website?
0: It is. Is Is it is it like Plenty of Fish or OkCupid okay or something?
1: No, it's a, it's an app where you go on and look at pictures. You remember hotornot.com? Did you ever use that? Yeah, I know what you're talking about, yeah. So you see a picture, you either swipe left to keep looking through pictures. I think it's left, and if you swipe right, that means you like the other picture. And if they swipe the same direction on you, you guys meet up. And it's usually just pictures of people in your zip code or whatever, or nearby. Nice. And you meet up for sexual intercourse. Wow. And more. Sometimes
0: that sounds fun. That sounds better than grinder.
1: <laughs> Isn't it the same thing as grinder except different orientation?
0: Yeah, I thought grinder was what for homosexual. I don't even think there, there's a sweep thing. I think it's just like people who have their grinder on, meaning they're ready. And if you're like within a walking distance or driving distance, you tell them you're coming.
1: Yeah. You meet up behind yeah. the bathroom stalls.
0: I think you can meet up wherever you want. Oh. Wow. I think it's pretty open. The brambles. Yeah. So, um, seven deaths in the cat's eye. Did I write that right?
1: Or is it of the cat's eye? Did you put an apostrophe after cat? Yes. Okay, then you did it right. Okay. And it's eyes. Hey,
0: that's
2: Grumpy Cat. That is Grumpy Cat. (laughs)
1: <laughs> he's not as grumpy as the actual cat in this movie though the cat in this movie
0: was very disturbing because it was just a fat ginge cat that no. didn't look menacing at all but then looked menacing
1: right that's the most menacing of all
2: it's not you it's me that is well. We, let's let's when we go live, let's talk about how how many different permutations there are of the title of this film, just that
0: one title. We've been live mention. for like ten minutes, bro. Really? Hi, everybody.
2: <laughs> so this is uh, Grumpy Cat, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> he's probably because he got shut into a mausoleum. That's what that I, I wanted to say
1: that. when we went live. That would make anyone drop you. <laughs> 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 Too bad you can't go back and cut that because this is live. folks. I'd like to. The, the other two things about I, like, I'd like raw. to say
2: about the title of the film here is that, um, I've seen it as seven, dead, in the cat's eye. Seven deaths in a cat's eye. Seven deaths in the cat's eye or eyes. So, it's clearly you know a free for all with regard to
0: the title here. Uh, but I also I want to called Seven Deaths and a Big Fat Ginge Puss. But that's not. They couldn't fit happening. that on,
2: on the clamshell case. They couldn't. Fit yeah, that, that title. that's the
0: grease title.
2: <laughs> I also want to make note that uh, this film uh, has three different. Um, registers for the Jalo score just in its title uh, because there's a number there's an animal and there's the word dead or death so it doesn't get three points unfortunately it gets one point but i just wanted to make that that's bullshit sir (laughs) well listen i came up with the criteria you only get one so
1: this movie needs it deserved, all the points it can get. It
2: probably needs a it couple more. <laughs> yeah, I would. I wanted to add it up to hundred.
0: First Can't you, time. Would you blame me. <laughs> so, let's just find out right now what did it get on the Jalous score. Let's wet the palette here.
2: Well, let's. Uh, here comes another um, big revelation. Uh, I have been very busy, and uh, I only oh, just awesome. finished yeah. watching the film about two hours ago, Horrible. and I have not published anything on Jalo Score for this film. But oh. I can tell you unofficially that the sc- that the score is somewhere around sixty four or sixty five.
1: Unprofessional. Yeah, and there, uh, yeah, I'm s- I'm all really over sorry,
0: guys, You have been waiting for this episode for two whole weeks.
1: Our premium listeners pay a good fee to get the best expert Jello discussion on the internet. Hanging our heads in shame. How the hell
0: are we supposed to be?
1: Hanging our heads in shame. Okay.
0: Well, I can tell Um, you that. um, I watched it it today for the first time, so I'm kind of joking. with I can also tell
2: you that. one of the reasons why it's not on JALO score is because the last two films we covered were already on. And I've just been out of the habit of going on and writing up a score summary and publishing and taking screen grabs and putting all that stuff together. Because uh, I've been busy with vacation and school starting and all that other stuff. So I'll get to it. The That's next be awesome. The next one, um, yeah. I'm the so next sorry one, for not you, either know. By
1: picking a movie that you haven't done yet.
2: I know. Well, and you know what? It's my own fault because it ended up being the least favorable on the poll. So I had plenty of time to, to do it and I was just lazy. So, Well. Sorry about that.
1: It's okay. We'll forgive you somehow. But not... Uh, I don't think Grumpy Cat ever will.
0: No. <clears throat> so this movie is Eric's pick. So Eric... Why don't you tell us a bit about this film?
1: All right, well, I might uh, cheat a little bit because I was actually, unlike you guys, I watched it yesterday, so I was at least on the ball. (laughs) So today, instead, I spent uh, reading Troy's uh, little snippet on this movie. It came in right right at the cusp of, or right at the end of his, his first range at 1973. So it uh, it came in at the buzzer. Uh, But uh, he writes in his synopsis, Scotland, the McGriff clan is hounded by a family legend which stipulates that when one of the members of the family kills another, the dead person will return as a vampire in order to exact vengeance. When some of the family begin turning up dead, It seems likely that the Kers is coming through. However, it is entirely possible that somebody is simply using the legend in order to cover up for their own horrid deeds.
0: Is there a Ukrainian spy in this
1: movie? I was trying to be Scottish. (laughs) No, you did good. You did good. (laughs) I didn't. I decided, like, three words into it, that I was going to start being Scottish. Clearly,
2: you did good because Creep made fun of it.
1: So, (laughs) Um, yeah. So it's it's a uh, old dark house gothic thriller. It is kind of uh, it doesn't really know what its identity is because when you pull up to the castle at the beginning of the movie, it does look very Scottish, in the Highlands. um, But it uh, once you get inside, it's very uh, very Latin. Or am I backwards in that? Anyway. It looks like a uh, you know this uh, this director. I think you're right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, the director um, who, I believe went by Anthony Dawson in the credits, ang- anglicized for our benefit, um, for us Americans. But uh, Antonio Margheriti was the director, and he apparently was somewhat of a rival for uh, Mario Bava, one of his first great rivals in the '60s, doing these kind of gothic thrillers. Um, this one kind of coming a little bit late in that cycle, 1973, um, after Argento had already broke some new ground in the Italian film industry. So, I don't know how that uh, how that rubbed people watching this film, but I thought it was kind of fun to get back into one of these cozy, claustrophobic atmospheres where they don't really go too far. They don't go outside of the confines of this castle ground. They hang out in the castle for the most part. Um, it's got the number seven in the title, so you know there's going to be quite a, a bloated cast. But uh, I feel like they did a pretty decent job of letting you get to know each one and developing them to a certain extent. Um, other than maybe one or two of them that came out of nowhere, like that uh, the man in the garden, um, or outside the mausoleum. But that's yeah, basically about, which, I thought this was kind of funny, I read this on the Wikipedia page, but it's about this castle that's falling out of the grasp of Lady Mary, and uh, she's trying to do anything to keep keep it. Uh, she has no money, and uh, this is around the time when in Italy, a lot of the upper class, uh, there was this upheaval in the economy, and many rich owners were losing their fortunes. And so even though this takes place in an undetermined time, late 1800s, early 1900s, it's kind of talking about that. Um, and so she's trying to find a way to, to finance and, and get, get a hold of this, this castle. And she's got family members involved and you know there's all these red herrings about inheritances and, and the like, you know the old familiar tropes. but uh, this one was, I thought it was a little fun, a little different than a lot of the ones that you see like this. Um, but yeah, you know, what are your guys' initial thoughts?
2: My initial thought is that I can barely see Creep, and I don't know if that's done on purpose or if you need to turn a light on, sir.
0: <laughs> the sun's going down. <laughs> is that what it is? And the moon's yeah. coming up. It's it's that time of day, time of night, when you haven't turned on lights yet because it's still daylight outside. Oh, right. Then, but it's dark to where that might be an issue. Um, well, my initial thought was I was going to hate this movie. And then, um, it never was anything that intrigued me in hearing about it or reading about it. And, um, I was pleasantly surprised. Yeah. Um, I thought it was very Bava-esque. Very. Hearing that this guy was like a thing with Bava. Um is kind of interesting. The story... I was a little shocked at how the story kept me interested the whole time for the most part. And... um, We'll talk about the ending later, but towards the end, I was like... shocked, and then not shocked, and then shocked, and then not shocked, and upset. So... It was um, in that particular order or yeah, in that okay. particular order. So it was it was kind of that was kind of neat. but um, yeah, there's a couple of really good looking ladies in it. Um, but the, the whole thing you were saying about um, not knowing what or when it was was very confusing because the main chick, um, Contra, or whatever her name is, Constantinople <laughs> or whatever. Um, when she first shows up, she's in this really great, like, late 60s, early 70s mod, kind of cool-ass jacket outfit thing. And then everyone else looks like a fucking peasant or some Victorian something. And then she takes that off and then starts wearing these, like, janky-ass bed sheets. So, um that that was weird and a lot of the people were dressed like it was like a hammer horror vincent price movie you know so like that whole bit was really strange um, but the colors were garish and amazing and there were a lot of really interesting shots and in the music was enjoyable uh, there were some familiar faces in the cast, which is cool. I always like that. Um, so, like, all in all, it was a pretty good romp.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I know what you mean about uh, So She talked about, like, getting kicked out of a nunnery and all this stuff. If you're Like, you're thinking about, like, this 60-hippie chick or something like that who yeah. you know, burns Bibles, but...
2: What was yeah. her character's yeah. <laughs> name...
0: I was trying to remember it all day. Like I kept repeating it, and then the show starts and I forget. It's <laughs> I'm looking like, it up okay. now. Cora,
2: something or other. Yeah. Coringa. Coringa. Coringa.
0: Coringa. Coringa. Well, I like, like Coringus. Con- Coringa. Yeah, oh, she God. got fucking. Coringa. Coringa. On the, the Coringa. I gave out. Coringa. Yeah. And that means eye of the fruit of. Stuff, mm-hmm. so for her. Yeah. Um. Some of the other interesting things about this. Um. Well, I I don't know if interesting is the right word, but um, I really thought dudes in monkey suits like went out in the fifties, and so yeah. that was kind of like I'm like, what the fuck? Because like the movie just starts and they start showing these like flashes. To a monkey in a fucking window, <laughs> and I'm like, that's got to be a dude in a mask. They're gonna come out and say that's just some dude in a mask. And no, it's like a legitimate fucking ape that this guy just happens to have captive in his um, weird room, which was just so weird. Like, um, so that was really out there. But yeah, I it was enjoyable.
1: I believe it was an orangutan. That's what he
0: said, but it was a did, yeah. gorilla.
1: It didn't look
2: anything like an orangutan.
1: I think they were playing off like this was oh get ready, you're gonna be watching Murders in the Rue More updated for right. modern times.
0: <laughs> right. but yeah.
1: Yeah, total red herring in that aspect. I think even the taglines for the film would say someone or something is stalking them. Well it's funny because I feel like it didn't cornball the movie up too much.
2: And if you were to say, hey, it's a Giallo where one of the suspects is a gorilla, um, you would say, this has got to be a fucking joke. But it really didn't. Like, you know, there were a couple of times where, where, you know, it was the guy was in the window and you're like, oh, no, what's going to happen here? But, um, you know, they they totally made it. I mean, you know, obviously it wasn't a good costume, but the storyline was. That you know, he was a what was it? The gorilla was abandoned there. The the, he had killed somebody, and the circus left him behind or something like that. Is that what the story was?
0: They needed some money, and he
1: offered to buy and hide the gorilla (laughs) or something like that. Yeah, that guy was such a Looney Tune that it made sense he would have a pet gorilla.
2: Sure, because I mean that's better than the people that he lived with. He he preferred the company of the gorilla. But yeah, I mean, getting back to the whole Baba thing, I mean, it's like, jeez. Um, I'd like to go back and see um, some of this guy's uh, earlier work to see what other kind of stuff he did. I, I don't know him. He doesn't have any other Jolly, to his credit. Um, and he has a, a movie in the later 70s called Cannibal Apocalypse, which I've never seen. Uh, it looks like he was one of those bandwagon directors, where he pretty much just directed whatever the flavor of the month was. I think he's got you know a couple of. He just um, for hire. Yeah. So is that like a, a spaghetti western?
0: Um, no, just like a director who will do anything. If oh, oh,
2: I'm sorry. I thought you said that was the name of his title of his film. Oh, no. I what
0: thought I movie?
2: saw like I, I thought I saw him. Uh, listed as a director for a, a film that really sounded like a spaghetti western, or maybe like Euro crime. Um, but at any rate, you know, I, I'd like to go back and see. Uh, he's got oh, he did Castle of Blood. Okay, I've never seen that all the way through, but um, that's supposed to be a really good um, horror film from 1964. Yeah. So. Um, But yeah, I mean, even like the opening shot, Bava was a genius when it came to that shot where he focuses on something and then he switches the focus to something else in the foreground and then switches it back to something in the background again, but then it changes colors or something. And that was like the opening scene in this film with the, um, it looked like some sort of spiral iron railing with cobwebs. And then they focused in on the lamp, and I think that's the lamp that eventually gets revealed at the end, yeah. um, when the killer walks down the steps. But um, the magic lamp that doesn't need to be plugged into anything. <laughs> exactly. Well, yeah. I mean, it, it, there was no electricity,
0: or was there? We don't know. But that was a lamp lamp, right? It wasn't like a candlestick. Was yeah, it?
2: It, it it was
0: weird. I didn't know what it
2: was that the white yeah, wine like you said yeah so uh, I mean I really thought that the gothic thing was um, I, I thought it was well done I mean they 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 clearly you know had a difficulty trying to make it look a hundred percent authentic and I could have sworn that at least one shot of uh, the wide shot of one of the hallways Reminded me very much of Slaughter Hotel and the exact same kind of um, shot of the, you know, when the killer was walking down the hallway in that movie. Um, or was that what was that? What, what was the other name of that film? Was it um, Cold Blooded Beast Erotica. or something? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So um, asylum or Yeah. Right, and you know, of course, that film. Um, that one is more ridiculous because it does take place in modern times, or at least modern times for the time it was made. But once you're in the uh, the slaughter hotel, as it were, uh, it's all gothic. So um, this film um, is kind of the same thing in that, like Eric was saying, um, there's no locations other than the castle itself. So um, you know, in terms of the Jalo score, it loses points because It doesn't uh, take place in an Italian location it's not an urban location Um, the director doesn't have any other jolly that he's credited to so they lose points there Um, so if those had been added back in um, we would have had an 80's uh, something scoring in the 80's probably I didn't notice but there wasn't any like um, nudity in the film was there? there was a nipple there was? oh okay. it gets three points yeah Give him the nipple. Yeah. Gotta give him the nipple. Damn right.
0: The French teacher.
2: Don't skimp on the nipple. But you know, it's interesting because I remember watching this. Uh, this is the second time I've seen the film. The first time I watched it on DVD, and I probably watched it all the way through, um, and I remember liking it very much. I remember liking the fact that, hey, here's this cool giallo um, that's gothic, um, and I probably had watched a slew of traditional giallo back then, and when I watched this, I was like, wow, this is pretty cool, it's different. Now, um, on the on this time through the film, um, I didn't get the same amount of, of excitement about it. I think that uh, this time through, it felt um, like it was pretty slow moving. And um, that was probably my own fault, because I was not 100% invested in, in watching it. I was a little bit distracted, because I wanted to make sure that I saw the film and knew enough to talk about it for tonight but I didn't really give it a good sit down with the lights off and the sound on because it's a pretty moody film and uh well yeah
0: and it's like the it's seven deaths in the cat's eye and there's three deaths I think in the first like 25 minutes and then there's like a good like 15 minutes 20 minutes where nothing that really moves the story along a great deal happens, right? And then all of a sudden, it's just like boom, 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 and um, it's just flying down. And it, that when that starts happening, when the train comes down the hill, dude, it's like pretty exciting.
2: Yeah, so I think I need to give it another shot. Um, like I said, I remember liking it a lot, um, and I'm not changing my opinion of it just because I had a bad you know, time with it um, this time. I don't think it was a bad time. It was just, like I said, I was distracted. But um, I think it's a good film. I, uh, you know, it's it's not going to win any JALO awards, but uh, <laughs> if there are such a thing, other than the ones that we do, uh you know, we do yep. award show. I mean, we need to get
0: dressed award. up and do an award show. Oh, I boy. think that would be great. And try See? to get Edwin Fennec on the show, and we'll just give every award to her. So, we right. could just keep her on the video feed.
1: She'll be the presenter, the musical act, uh, the, uh, you know, but each each time we need someone to do something interesting or funny. Yeah. But she's still alive, right? Well, yeah. yeah. How dare you?
2: How
0: dare you?
1: <laughs> <laughs> no,
0: but um, seriously, folks, I was going to ask the main girl in this movie, um, Kintara, or whatever her name is. Um, has she? What else has she been in? I thought she was pretty good. She was a model.
1: Yeah, and I I, did, did. I didn't recognize her, but um, apparently she was in Blow Up, which oh, was, was that that oh, old cool. movie from the '60s. I think that's where she she probably got that was her star power heading into this film. Um, but I don't. Yeah, like I said, I don't recall who she was in that movie. I know the have, guy
0: that played
1: James seems like I've seen him in a ton of stuff, but I couldn't place it. Yeah, they all have a lot of credits, but it's hard to figure out. Yeah, there's no real standouts that you recognize from any other film, so to that I will probably commiserate with Chris. I, it's hard to like really get too invested in this film because you don't, you know, you're not, you don't know really who any of these actors are, which is kind of always a fun thing. The um, guy
0: who looks like Peter Worry who died in the. Um, Mausoleum or whatever. Yeah. He is. He was a cop in something we watched kind of recently. Oh, really? I think he was a cop. He was either a cop or a lawyer or something. Yeah. And I've seen him in a couple of things. Yeah. Okay. But, um. Oh, she's gorgeous. Yeah. See,
2: that's a picture of Edwidge, like, recently.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's wow. like at the Hostel premiere, I think. Wow. The Hostel too. So it's not super recent, but still, that's amazing.
2: It is. Uh, yeah, people go downhill pretty fast once they hit a certain age. But yeah, never her.
0: Not but, when you're uh, a fox.
1: What not you, a what what fox. What were you just talking about? I forget because uh, I had a, a comment. Yeah, we're just we're just talking about how this film. There's nothing really that look. Well, Creep is saying it, the ending is fantastic. Oh, we were talking about who
2: we noticed from other films. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, the guy that was in the the guy that was in the funeral, who was talking with the other guys about how she might be a vampire. Oh yeah, uh, he was in, I think, Cat of Nine Tales. Maybe he's like one of these background guys. The taller and then, guy with the mustache. The guy who was the yeah right the taller guy with the mustache, the guy who was the killer, you may remember him from Fulci's Gates of Hell. He was one of the guys in the bar, and then there's a scene where that guy Bob is hiding out in the car, and he's the the father comes in and finds him in the car and he drills a giant drill through his head, uh, in that film. That's um, that's the guy who played the killer in this film. So, you know. Well,
1: so if you there's know who a... that is, you know the ending now.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There you go. We just spoiled it, but only by um,
1: or two hard. or three,
2: two or three degrees
0: of separation. We... Yeah. But yeah, the the ending um, caught me off guard. Um, we should probably just talk about it. Okay. Um, the thing is, is that as soon as you see a bunch of creepy priests in a movie, you automatically assume <laughs> that one of them are the killer. Right. And so I'm like, oh, okay, so this fucking priest did it or whatever for no fucking reason, whatever. So we're watching the movie, watching it, and then all of a sudden <clears throat> um, Mary or whatever is sitting on top of the French teacher holding the razor blade. And Cunninglingus runs for her life. Now, I got really confused there because I thought they were trying to say that she was the one who killed her. Did I completely fuck up there? Because then all of a sudden, she just wasn't in the movie anymore. And the original priest, who I thought did it in the beginning, started walking down the stairs. But I got all excited because I was like, holy shit, this guy is like... Or the chick. That's like the person who you totally suspect would have the most motive to do it and she really did it. I was like, this is awesome. You should never see that. It's always the person with the least suspicion. So what happened to her after that? Did he kill her?
1: Yeah, I would have to say I was pretty surprised by that too. Um, I was thinking, oh, it's too obvious. You know, the cat's ginger, she's a ginger. They're trying to play that whole dichotomy up. And then when they actually showed her, I was... I was very shocked too, and then, within a matter of seconds, you know, she's running back down into that cellar where that Fulci-esque body is getting torn apart by rats. It's just like a skeleton left, and um, yeah, he comes traipsing down that uh, cellar staircase, and you don't—I don't know if, if maybe just all three of us were not paying attention or, or what happened, but do yeah, I don't never remember. After, do they?
0: No, no,
2: they never do.
1: No. So um, what
0: the fuck was she doing on top of that body? The
1: only thing I could think of is she found her that way, and she found the straight razor, picked it up, right. and just was caught in a precarious position. Right. That's I all
0: bullshit on that. I, don't <laughs> know.
1: <killed> anyway. <laughs> I mean, they're playing us up as fools, as as viewers, obviously. But I think if we were to talk about this as an actual. Um, yeah, series of events. I think that's what it would have played well, out. Well, the
0: one thing that was nice about it was that he's like, yeah, the real priest, I killed him the first day I got here before anybody saw him or whatever. Uh-huh. And I completely <clears> throat> throat> it's like I always knew that body was in the basement, but I never ever put together who the fuck that was supposed to be. Yeah. And when they tied that all together, I was like, "Oh fuck, that's good. Yeah,
2: that was cool." Right.
0: They they they
2: kind of thought it out a little bit, like you know how we talk about sometimes where these jolly are are filmed and maybe they're filmed out of sequence and maybe the story is never written or the ending is just written at the last minute. Um, But it looks like with this, you know, they had clearly had an idea for what they wanted to do and how they wanted the story to go, Um, and maybe that has something to do with the fact that we have a director who's not. You know one of the normal Jalo directors um and so maybe he was given enough kind of freedom to kind of do the movie the way he wanted to uh because he had enough like street cred as a director you know so he could he could make it gothic and he could uh have it you know with a (laughs) with the orangutan running around and scaring people out of trap doors and secret passageways (laughs) Stuff like that.
0: Well, I, noticed, I noticed a credit at the end of the movie that um, it was in Italian, so I don't know exactly what it said, but I could have sworn it was something like based on the novel by so-and-so. Oh, I didn't see could that. Do you guys know if this is uh, based on a book of some sort? And, like, that doesn't really matter when you think about it because when these movies are based on a book, it's so fucking
1: far from the book anyway. It doesn't yeah. really matter. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, for anything, it could be an Edgar Allan Poe adaptation. Who would ever know? But, yeah, right. I mean, I was really excited to pick... The, or I picked this movie because I I really like these kind of atmospheres and moods and films when they're shot in a cobweb-filled castle and, and things like that. But the, when it first started out with the guy getting eaten alive by rats, I thought that was pretty gruesome. But then... Like you guys are saying, it kind of played into the ending because multiple people saw this body, but they didn't. There's no way for them to identify who it was because it was all chewed up, and that's another way of um, just really clever hiding who the killer is and what his real identity is and all that. And yeah, it's it's always kind of sketchy when there's a priest involved and he's not in a church, he's just hanging out in the castle with a bunch of people.
0: Yeah. And that's the thing, because, like, the priest is the least likely suspect, Uh and the Miss Mary, or whatever her name is, is the most logical suspect. Right. But then they made every fucking person in that damn castle, like, a red herring. Uh You know, like, you had the French teacher who was always in black, and you're like, ooh, she's bad, ooh, she's a lesbian. Oh, this is gonna get dirty before it gets clean. You know, like, yeah. and the husband and wife innkeepers or whatever the fuck they were, they were up to no good every once in a while. Yeah. And then the James, doctor. the fucking psychopath, the doctor, doctor it had seemed secret. like everywhere. And then, dude, like, the mom was a fucking vampire. Was that in her dream?
1: Yeah. Well, that when... was a dream, I believe. Yeah, they, they shit, totally abandoned awesome. the supernatural. And yeah, that, part,
2: that part for me was in Italian. Um, me too and I think you guys probably looked at the same copy I had i don 't remember uh, the the d v d copy that I have uh, i don't remember any of it being in foreign language so i don 't know if some of that stuff was was cut out um of the d v d copy that I have i don 't think so because it was like a you know a blue underground or something so I maybe just don't remember those scenes but yeah that scene was in Italian there was a scene where the guy who looks like Peter Lorre was about to get his Throat slashed after he comes out of the mortuary or the mausoleum or whatever, and he notices the person who's about to kill him, and he says something. And I had to listen to it like three times and finally realized that he said it in Italian. And I had no idea what the hell yeah. he was talking about. Um,
0: yeah, because like
2: you know th- that that little moment when the victim recognizes the killer and says something like "Oh, it's you," or "Oh, I was coming to see you," or something like that. But he just said "Kabababababababa," and I didn't. I was like, "Wait a minute!" Is well, she the talking other gibber? time
0: sure. that, it did that was when um, the French teacher was putting the moves on um, Caligari or whatever her name is, and that whole scene <laughs> was in Italian. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I was like, "Oh my gosh, man!" Like arguably the hottest scene in the movie, and I don't know what the hell they're saying. Like, yeah, I, I know what they're thinking. You didn't,
2: you didn't really need to know what they were saying.
0: Yeah, well, I wanted to know what her line was because the chick's mom just died, and <laughs> no, you wanted to know what, what, what she, she was, was using,
2: what, what little mom she was using to get her, to get her to uh, succumb,
1: the, the seduction.
2: Yeah, you I know, it's, it says here in a few different internet sources that there was a novel written by Peter Bryan, who is credited as one of the writers. So it's, uh, the director is credited with the story and the screenplay and another guy, but then it also says Peter Bryan, and then it says novel, and then in a couple other places on the internet I found, it said it was based on a novel written by this guy, so, um... Is it the same title?
1: I can't, I don't know, I can't find anything else out about it. Just I think it would be pretty doubtful that it would be the same title, I think a lot of this was marketed as... Yeah, totally. Bava meets Argento. I don't know. We're trying to sell this movie based on the Giallo craze that's going on. Even though it's not really a Giallo film, some people might argue against that. Um, but, I, yeah.
0: It had black gloves and POV and a pretty damn good mystery. Um, yeah. <clears throat> I mean, I'm like we all know, I'm not the biggest... Castle fan when it comes to these types of movies. Um, I like them in other types of movies, but um, That it really didn't bother me. The location was never an issue for me. The Gaudy-ass furniture was never an issue for me on this one. It was just
1: a good Fun watch, you know, how much would you guys pay to stay in a stay in that castle for like a weekend? Is it actually in Scotland?
2: Yes. That's, what, that's, that's what, what Troy
0: says. Um, I'm not... Let's say airfare was included. And I <laughs> right. don't have to worry about that. Meals? Um, oh yeah, if the meals are included too. And we get the tower room with the secret passage that goes from the tower room all the way to the cellar, miraculously. In three um, steps. I would... I would say 200 a night because I'm a cheapskate.
2: <laughs> the the, the real Friday question night. is do you get the interior the way that they did it on the set? Or yes. is it.
1: Okay. Same interior. Uh, the cat is included, unfortunately.
0: Oh, well, fuck that. I'm staying I'm home with the I'm cat. cats. Yes. <laughs> 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 That's
2: good, man. What yeah, we're.
0: Were there other titles for this, just besides the Seven Deaths and the Cat's Eye thing? There was
1: like a million. <laughs> there, was a, there was a bunch of um, yeah foreign titles that seemed to kind of come up to the same thing. The only thing, the only real different one that I saw, um, besides, I think it was just called Coringa, K- uh, Koringa. Was Koringa, Koringa. There. La Muerte en los Ojos
2: del Gato. Koringa. That's the Spanish title, by the way.
1: Was there anyone
0: in the movie that you guys just completely did not trust from the beginning?
1: Um, I guess the doctor. I feel. I mean, there was a couple of things that he knew. Like I said a little bit earlier, he had some secrets, and they brought it up. They kind of dropped a lot of things in this film. They dropped the supernatural aspect, which I guess is fine. It's it's a red herring. There's not actually vampires in this movie, even though they talked about it a couple times. The curse of the the family member killing the family member. That was kind of fun, but it was dropped. They dropped the the secret that he knew that, um, you know, everyone was saying that this James guy, this crazy James guy, killed his baby sister when they were young. But all of a sudden, he just dropped out of the blue that he knew it was the mother, Mary, that killed the daughter. Not James. I guess to kind of show that he was innocent, and she might have been a little sketchy. And he was never
0: crazy, or something like that, right?
1: Yeah, so... So this doctor, I was, I was just wondering about what else he knew, um, what he, what stake he had in it. You know, he seemed to be pretty close to Mary, who was trying to get this money. I don't know. And
0: and then the whole thing when someone shows up, like, oh yeah, I'm also related to you. I'm gonna kill all of you so I could get the castle. Uh huh. Um. His whole thing was when you guys are all dead, they're gonna see that there's another one. And it's like how would lawyers find out that there was another one if no one in the family knew that this guy even existed? <laughs> that was like my big yeah. question there. I mean it was a good motive. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Is that is that a financial motive, Chris? Yep,
2: yeah, definitely. Yeah, financial motive, and uh, you know he's killed at the end by, I guess
0: the cop. Yeah, it looked like so. Mr. B. Which was yeah. odd. <laughs> uh, it
1: was. Well, it's like and his you know, accent was really weird too. Who the cop? Yeah. Was that okay? I know that there was. A l- I was reading things about how there was this French singer who was married to the lead actress for a short time. Um, something Gainsburg, Their daughter was Charlotte Gainsburg. He was like a French singer and so they brought him into this film for like a short bit part and they said he was the detective or the cop and he just played like a really stock wooden role in the film. I was trying to think that that was him. Yeah, so it was probably a French accent
0: or something. He was the only one who
1: really had any dialogue out of the cops, right? Yeah. Okay, so that was probably French then. That we were hearing, but okay. well, right
0: on. So, do you guys um, recommend this movie to people? I Chris on Jello Squad. What does it say? Does it say? Uh, he didn't write it. Well, what, uh, what, it will,
2: really what will it say it? is the question. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, I would say that the film gets. Well, it's hard because one of the, you know, each film has a score, uh, but it also has, like, a recommendation. You know, is this something that you absolutely must watch if you're into Giallo um, or maybe something else? So the two criteria or the two recommendation categories for this film could be entertaining or... um, What's the other one? There's another one that basically says, you know, it doesn't follow the rules, but it's... it's deviation. The deviation, yeah. It deviates Not from that. the norm. I think it's probably both. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, it's certainly something that, you know, you can easily recommend. It's... Uh, if, if it lacks... Uh, it, it lacks the, the kind of quick pacing... That you get with some of these urban jolly, because basically there's a killer on the loose, and you're, you know, going from one stalking and slashing scene to the next, and then the cops come and it's all this, you know, characters and things. Um, if it lacks the pacing because it's missing some of that, you know, it makes up for it in the atmosphere. It makes up for it in the the strange music and um, certainly the way that the camera and you know the set and all the other kind of visual things are are, uh, you know are done and 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 so it's it's kind of one of those films where you could recommend this to somebody who isn't really up on uh, Jolly at all um, because really it's kind of like a horror murder mystery kind of thing
0: Um,
2: they could have basically you know um, changed it up so that you know they identified the priest in the beginning and he was just uh, slashing people through the movie, and then it would have been a gothic slasher, or they could have identified that the gorilla was killing everyone, and then it was just some sort of weird gothic horror film. Uh, but because it was kind of like who, a who done it, then it kind of falls in the giallo camp, uh, and rightfully so. I think it's definitely it, it's not mislabeled, or it's not a jolly by association, or something like that, like we had with say stage fright or something. So. Um, but it's it's good it's it's um I don't think it's a uh, you know I don't think it's a, a difficult movie to watch like you like compared to death laid an egg for example um, this is kind of like you put it on you watch it you know you could watch it you know with friends you could watch it by yourself it's it's kind of uh, it's kind of a moody moody film that you might want to save for you know, a rainy night, or maybe on Halloween, if you, instead of, like, the normal, um, the usual suspects that you might watch on Halloween, you might throw this one on instead and uh, for something different, you know. So that gothic thing definitely works to its advantage, I think.
1: What do I think? Yes, what do you think? Yeah, I, I pretty much agree. Oh, people? Yeah. I... I I, I agree with you that there are parts where it kind of loses you, especially in the middle. Um, and then the the dubbing doesn't really help. I know we, don't, we can't really slam this movie for the dubbing because it wasn't its own fault, but uh, it's hard to ignore the fact that a lot of the voices kind of sound similar, so you kind of get lost as to who's talking, and it's all kind of mon- monotonous, so you kind of lose a little bit of interest or attention. Your mind tends to wander a little bit, but it it has enough moments that keep keep bringing you back in, and especially towards the end of the film. And it's just, uh, it's got a lot of different aspects, even if they're small. The, it's got a little gore, it's got a little sex, it's got a, a lot of uh, interesting set design. Um, music is pretty good. Riz Ortolani, I believe, does it.
2: And yeah, he, so, and he's becoming like our, our number three. I mean, I we've so. got we've got like. Um, I don't know how many now with with Ritz or Riz. Riz um, yeah. He's third, only to Bruno Nicolai, who's second only to Morricone yeah. uh, with um, with these films. So it may turn out as time goes on that uh, I decide to include him in the uh, in the Jalo score to give the well, film more you
0: points. Have to go back and change all those points.
2: Nah, <laughs> you don't because you I've can't st- not Do it. No, I set it up so that all I have to do is go in and change the the oh, check mark. I just go into it? each film and I check it off if it didn't get checked before, and then I hit a button that says recalculate all the scores.
1: Oh, that's awesome!
2: Yeah, that, that's You're a smart way to
1: program her. Yeah, I wouldn't have been able to do that on my WordPress site. No way! But so yeah, this one's a this one's a recommend from me as well. I I really enjoyed it. Um. It's not, it's not really... nothing's going to offend you in it.
2: I think this is a think, very difficult podcast to do because we tell people what the film's going to be ahead of time because we want them to watch the film because all of these films have a secret that we don't want to spoil. But then at the <laughs> end of the film, we recommend it. And so I guess we're recommending it to the people who've already seen it so that they can recommend it. But if, if they've already seen it, then they... Have to decide on their own whether they want to recommend it or not.
0: Well, well there's it. a lot of people too who are fucking like uh, goldfish. Like, you could tell them everything that fucking happened in the movie and they're not going to fucking remember it. But then at the end of the day if you say, yeah, you should watch this they'll like get out their little notepad on their iPhone and go oh, Seven Deaths of the Cat's Eye, huh? I should watch that. I'm like, to-do
1: watch <laughs> just, uh, just people, you know, might help other people look at it in a different light as well. I found that that kind of helps me too sometimes. Like, oh, I guess I didn't really give it the credit it deserved. And if these experts say that it's a good movie, then it must be.
0: I think with this, it's one of those things like kind of what Chris was saying a little bit. Like, if you know somebody who really likes hammer horror, like the old Vincent Price or the the AIP Roger Corman movies with Vincent Price, the Edgar Allan Poe things, or um, the old Bava before Bava started doing the Jali and stuff. If they like those types of movies, I think this is a really good gateway into Jalo. And um, this and Slaughter Hotel. Yes. So <laughs> you, get to, you get to pick which one to show them, uh-huh. but it's so,
2: hard. That that's hard to do, right? So, like you, on the one hand, that's a that's a great way of saying, okay, for somebody who's not traditionally interested in Jolly or who might be interested, but he just needs the right crossover, the right springboard. Then here's this film. But then on the other hand. Um, is it better to introduce somebody to Giallo with the films that are considered typical of the genre instead? Because if somebody comes in and says, you know, my first Giallo was Seven Deaths in a Cat's Eye, and I don't really like any other ones that I saw because none of them were gothic, except for, like, two other ones. So it's like, it's, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's, like, hard yeah. to, to know how to recommend it. But um, I think we all, we all do recommend it, even for people who like Jolly I think I think it's easier for somebody who is a well seasoned viewer of Jolly to watch this and appreciate it uh, because you can still see all of those like basic elements of the Jolly being crafted but there's just additional this this other flavor that's being worked in whereas if you're coming from the other way around it's like well this really isn't a hammer horror film it's kind of a little bit different because of the way they're treating, you know, this mystery, and you know, some people might not be into that. I don't know.
0: Seriously, it's hard, it's hard ten minutes movie. Ten minutes into this movie, I was like, Jesus fucking Christ! There's like an hour and thirty minutes. <laughs> I don't know how to do this. And within minutes from there, it was fine. It was very interesting. I liked it. Swell! So yay! Yeah, super. Yeah, um,
2: even Grumpy Cat liked it.
0: Oh, Grumpy Cat! We'll get him for the remake. (laughs) That would be hysterical. Because there's (laughs) that Grumpy Cat movie. Have you seen it? (laughs) I have not. My daughter loved it. That'll be my next pick when we do do that. I think it was a Christmas movie, if I recall. Um, but seriously, no. But what'd um, be
2: funny is I, if I took the seven deaths in the cat's eye, and then just edited it in, every time they showed the cat, I just edited it in this guy, like, yes. and then went back to the film. That would be it. Would be terrible. It'd be so not worth my time, but uh, it would be hilarious. Just
1: telegraph every kill with Grumpy Cat's face. <laughs> um, so sorry.
0: It, it, it's time to find out what movie won, and what movie showed in that movie played. Did it? I haven't <laughs> seen it. I think so.
1: Yes, oh, as of uh nine God. fourteen PM Central Time, ten fourteen Chris's time, seven fourteen creeps time. Pieces won by two votes. Oh. I think the only reason what have they done to your daughters got thirteen was because people wanted to see me down an egg. Um,
2: well I voted for it.
1: Yeah. Which are you, know, you telling me that my movie came in third? Your movie came in third with a whopping two votes. <laughs> you you guys pretty much stole the two the votes, votes away from me. <laughs> <I> <laughs> right,
2: stole your votes. Exactly. <laughs> you're uh-huh. Ralph You're, you're the Rand, pa- Rand Paul of the the group, or Ralph Nader, yeah. or whatever. Or <laughs> the Ross Perot. Yeah, let's go Ross back. Perot, yeah. Let,
0: yeah, let's really date ourselves. <laughs> let, let's. Let's split the Republican vote down the middle so Clinton wins. Let's do this right now. All right. Okay. Um, but seriously, i was old to, I
2: was old enough to vote for Ross Perot. I hate to tell you that. <laughs> Did you? Uh, no, I, I, I don't know. I don't remember. It was my first presidential election, whatever year that was. Well, you obviously didn't
0: care about your country if you didn't. Right. So, yeah. anyway. Let, let's get back to this. I'm still shocked that Profondo got two votes. <laughs> Maybe no, I no wonder... one's ever heard of it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but everyone will hear of it. I'm Once sure it's great, it.
2: but you know, it's it. You know, well, people don't know vote for that. stuff they
0: already know. Yeah, yeah. No pieces is going to be a lot of fun, so I'm pretty excited. I We're might be
1: excited enough week. to eat a live egg, any, or egg live, anyway, so...
0: I think you should. Yeah.
1: Um, if you do, if you things do things the stuff. egg, I'll play
0: the uh, get the crazy abstract atonal guitar while you swallow it. Okay. And if you guys are doing that, I'm going to get a bag of Reese's Pieces to eat during <laughs> the Pieces episode. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Uh, Excellent. Yeah. Or, or, we or have Bad
2: Chop Suey. We could eat Bad Chop Suey.
0: You can eat bad chop suey. I don't want to accidentally go fucking karate chop some blonde chick. Yeah, so then get beat up by the fucking nerdiest guy on campus. But um What if you gagged yeah. me? Then I wouldn't make any noise. That's my kung fu instructor.
2: Alright.
0: Uh No, but seriously, uh I'm excited. Pieces is a lot of fun, and I'm glad that it's got a little tinge of the jally in it so we could do it. Yeah,
2: totally. It's got more than a tinge, and I'm excited because I I, I still haven't officially run through the score in my head, so I'm really kind of excited to see what it turns out. I think it'll break 50. I'm not sure how much higher it'll go than that, but we'll see. Any should be night spent
0: with Christopher George is a good night spent. Absolutely. That's kind of how I feel about it. And the it. guy who played Popeye, or
2: who played Brutus, right, in the Popeye movie. This guy.
0: Paul L. Smith. <laughs> my doppelganger.
2: Yeah, but there's another one, too. The guy that plays God in the Four Flies movie, he looks like the guy who played Brutus
0: in the *Popeye* movie it's a totally different guy it's a totally different guy Paul L. Smith was in Dune he was the, the David Lynch one he was the guy who is all bloated and eats chicken legs and floats around in the air he has no beard so he looks weird it always trips me out I have to watch that that was a one good day. talk that was, that was a good talk I'm glad we had it. Yeah. Um, I can't remember Christopher George's wife's name. Something Day. Is it Susan Day?
2: Oh, yeah, and she's in the film as the tennis player, right?
0: Yeah, she's the bastard lady. Right. With the giant forehead. Do you
1: think people still call her
0: that?
1: The bastard lady? Do you think people call her what? Do you think they still call her the bastard lady? Fuck yeah. I doubt it. Nobody knows how what? What we're even talking about. Well, Creeping Wife does because she voted for this think? movie over his.
2: <laughs> oh,
1: <laughs> she going to, have to,
0: talk to spanking. Yeah. I'm gonna lick my hand and everything. <laughs> <That> was... <laughs> Speaking of doing things live on air, right? No. Yeah, I'm not gonna do that on air. Oh, okay. She's hiding from me at the moment.
1: <laughs>
0: we got a puppy. I don't yeah. know if I told you that. I don't yeah. know. If, you, if you've been on Facebook at all in the last three oh, days, you have really at all, all you'll see is 8,000 pictures of a dog. Yeah. They look exactly the same. Yep.
1: dog's usually the you know. great. Yeah. Well, I know that you're, you're good at sending her hiding like you do when you break your coffee machine.
0: Oh, dude, I was so fucking pissed. <laughs> and then I just beat the shit out of it and it started working again. It was awesome. The lady at <laughs> Keurig was like, yeah, you're just going to have to get a new one. It's broke. She's like, I could give you a good deal. It only cost you 200 bucks and all this other stuff. And I'm like, lady, bite me. And I hung up on her. And I just uh... hung my coffee machine until it worked and it's still working. So, nice. There you go. Does <laughs> I, I heard about it online. If your Keurig ever stops working and nothing you do works, pick it up, turn it upside down, and just beat the shit out of the bottom <laughs> of it for like a couple <laughs> minutes. And then it works. And then it's fucking crazy.
1: Just throw every expletive you can at it.
0: Yeah, just yeah. beat the shit out of it. Okay. But yeah, so next time... We're going to be doing pieces. It's almost like it's Christmas in September.
1: Millions this is going to be
0: pieces. crazy. Yeah, man. Eric's going to drink an egg. I'm going to have some Reese's Pieces.
1: Millions of pieces.
0: Chris is going to cross-dress for some reason. <laughs> pieces. Or he's going to play the guitar. Something From like that. I wanna, I'll wanna do make. both. Awesome. Were this is going to be... Man. Call me Caitlin. I'll call you whatever I want. Just be happy I'm calling you. Just don't there call me
2: late for dinner. Don't call me late
0: for, late for dinner. <laughs> That's a good one, dude. All right. Feel free to use it. I will. Thank you. Totally inappropriate
2: so, sound effect at the wrong time.
0: It was perfect. So, um, I guess um, time to hop along. Of, that was the sound of me dropping my pants. So. Um, <laughs> So until next time, everybody, thank you. Um, I'll be here next time. uh, I should have found
2: the the sound effects a little earlier in the show. Sorry to interrupt. A little
0: bit good. Uh, (laughs) uh, We'll we'll go out with the pieces trailer right now, or just the loop of her same bastards over and over again.
2: That'd be great. And
0: um, in a fortnight, we will have some pieces. So until next time, everybody, chow chow. Ciao, ciao. ciao. I'm a grumpy cat. Ciao, ciao. Yeah. Meow, meow.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Did you see it?
0: Yes! While we were out here fumbling with that music, the lousy bastard was in there killing her! Bastard! Bastard!
2: He cut that poor girl in half while she was still alive.